Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast at Snaps, Monday through Thursday, 1 Eastern, noon Central, on AMP. Download it and come hang out with us today. Yo, what's happening, y'all? Welcome in to Snaps here on the brand new Snaps YouTube channel. Uh, that's right, man. Look, uh, I, I want to I be clear about this. Uh, we are very much still a part of the volume. And a huge thank you to the volume for not just giving a chance to do this show in general, but also for creating this new channel for us because the point mm. of this is we are a college football show, right? And beyond sexual innuendo, juvenile humor, and college football, we don't really have a ton else to offer, okay? And so the point is we want, like, like before when we're on the volume channel, right, they got, they got Draymond Green having, like, Steve Kerr on, right? They got all this incredible stuff, but stuff that isn't college football. So in yeah. this day and age, as we look to please the algorithmic gods, our bosses have smiled upon us and they have given us this excellent uh, playground in which to live. But the only way this works is if y'all help us out, okay? Greg, Blake, Michael, everybody else is going to trickle in here throughout the show. If you're listening on podcasts, okay, where most of y'all listen, continue to rate it, review it, share it with your friends. Please, youtube.com slash at volume snaps i am going to be puking this link at you constantly mm. um over the next few weeks if you're listening on the podcast please go like it subscribe it hit the bell all the things we know that please the algorithmic gods that rule our universe uh, i am one of your hosts here uh t bob a bear and i'm joined as always by qb1 aaron murray what's up dude yeah, a uh, big shout out to the volume, Papa Coward. Thank you for for all the help and support. Yep. And I can't wait to get this going. But like T Bob said, we need you guys in the audience, sharing with your friends, family members, uh, hitting that like button. Let's grow this thing to be monstrous by what with less than 100 days till college football starts. So we got a nice two month yep. window right now to blow this thing up the right way. So we appreciate you guys. Love hanging out with you guys every single day, talking ball. Uh, the one thing that I do know is football. That's about it. Only thing I know what to do is football. And um, T-Ball's yeah. all right at it as well. So appreciate you. 
Okay. Well, okay. Kind of a shot there. Uh, again, <laughs> I mean, if you just go look at our, which by the way, the, the channel already has like a ton of our content up. So if you want to go rehash yep. our top 10 quarterbacks conversation, top 10 coaches, you could do all that. Um, and if you look at the top 10 quarterbacks, I mean, I fucking smashed you. So I, I don't know who knows more. Um, Today, look, today on the docket, uh, I got a few different things I want to get into. So it's official. It feels kind of crazy that we haven't done a show since this, but it's official. SEC lands on an eight-game schedule, bit of a bridge schedule here. Uh, you got a Florida football documentary from the Urban Meyer era that's going to come out soon. We got the 2024 College Football Hall of Fame ballot. Some big-time names on there, Aaron. And I've got you another Cornhub Colonel of the Day. Okay, so it's going to be a fun show. Like, subscribe, hit the bell. If you're listening where you listen to podcasts, rate it and review it. Um, Mia McLeod, a bridge schedule when you had two years to decide is absurd. Mm -hmm. You are correct, Emil. And this is something that we're going to get into right now. Uh, So in case you missed it, the SEC, for at least the year of 2024, um, will stick to an eight-game schedule with a requirement to play one Power 5 opponent outside. So nine uh, Power 5 games altogether. Um, Aaron, what was, your, uh, it, what was your initial reaction when you heard this news? This sucks. What the hell are we doing, man? Like, why are we not pleasing the fans that are out there spending money time, resources to enjoy college football. Why aren't we putting these kids an opportunity to compete at the highest level week in and week out? So I was pissed. I'm not going to lie. I'm pissed. I get that that, that this is probably going to be a one-year thing that most likely, hopefully, we never know. I mean, the fact they couldn't figure it out this time gives me doesn't give me a ton of confidence, but it all seems like, like you said, T-Bob, this is just a bridge before the 2025 season. I was all for the forging 2024 of this is what college football is going to look like. So I was yeah. somewhat hopeful that, that that these powerful men in this room, some of the smartest minds in college football, could figure out a way to do what was best for college football and for the best conference in America. And that is adding a an extra SEC game, a ninth conference game to the schedule. So very disappointed. Uh, I'm not going to sit back and lie. Um, obviously, there we've we've heard a, a multitude of, of reasons of why this was not done from you know, the, the, the weakest one of being, oh, some teams are scared to make a bowl game, which is extremely sad. We don't play in the best conference in America to be afraid to, to play in a bowl game. Other reasonings, which do make a little bit more sense to me, is maximizing that ESPN contract, that this is essentially the, the, uh, another quiver in, in the arrow of the commissioner to squeeze even more money out of ESPN. Hey, if you want more primetime, amazing football games of SEC versus SEC, well, it's going to cost you. Whatever that dollar amount is, that's going to cost you. So let's see if we can maybe over the next year find a way once again to squeeze some more money at the SEC. So that that's a possible explanation as well. And then the third one that, that does resonate a little bit to me as well of what is the criteria going to be from the committee when it comes to building this 12-team playoff? How does strength of schedule really play into that? So the SEC kind of wanted to take a seat back for the next year, see how that plays into the whole equation before dipping their toes in the water with the game schedule. I mean, those are the three explanations. I think they're all absurd. I think they don't better the conference, which is the goal of adding the ninth game. But those are the three reasons why we're hearing that they're not they're not moving to it right now. Yeah. So um Okay. What? What? So. Okay. Yeah. Look. It, it, in terms of the ESPN angle here, uh, this idea because that's what a lot of schools are falling back on, right? If like all the schools, like your Mizzou's and your Kentucky's and your middle of the pack schools that are the ones trying to maintain bowl eligibility, uh, they were very much on the record of saying, "Well, if ESPN will back up, we get about five million dollars more per school, then we will absolutely do this." Um, to that. I understand how that sounds like it makes sense, but I'll also call bullshit on it because the bottom line, what makes more money in the end, no matter what, a more quality product. And once again, we go back to the example of Mike Slive, right, where he took less money from CBS to put the uh, SEC football in a primetime slot to grow the brand, to create a more quality product, knowing that the money would come eventually and that you are now seeing those seeds that he's planting, uh, planted, finally come to fruition. So uh, 
so I, I I don't even really jive too much with the idea that it's all ESPN's fault for not opening the pocketbook because you no. needed better leadership to really show that eventually the payday would come anyway. Um, I I I think this is a great example of just how wild kind of bureaucracy can be at times, right? Because here you have on two hands, um, two choices where one is clearly superior to the other. Like I, 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 am I, uh, that's objective fact to me. Okay. I, if, if you were no, saying if we, if, that if we would pull, schedule, if we pulled every sec fan out there, yes. I would say 90 plus percent of them would say, yes, we're in favor of nine game schedule. It, so it is. So, so, so I would here, say the players are too. Sometimes bureaucracy can um, create a special mixture of bullshit where you willingly do the thing that you know is lesser mm -hmm. simply because of like political machinations and things that have nothing to do with the actual uh, quality of whatever you're trying to decide. So here you have two choices, or one is clearly better one. And for one reason or for a multitude of reasons, like I said, a special mixture of bullshit, you choose the subpar option. Uh, this is bad business. Uh, it's bad for the fans. It's, it's, it's just... It sucks. It sucks. And it's 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 the first black mark in a while on Greg Sankey's resume. Yeah. Right? I mean, Greg Sankey was uh people talk about him like he's the most powerful man in all of college football. At least that's the reputation that he had been garnering yes. over the last few years. Well, no, not anymore. Not even close. The most powerful man in college football would be able to whip three more votes to get a simple majority because don't forget we're not trying to ratify anything into the Constitution, right? This isn't like, like, don't you need like a supermajority, like two thirds or maybe more? I can't remember from yeah. social studies because I only know football. Like we already, yeah, you need a simple majority in the SC. A simple eight to six vote would have yep. gotten this passed. Uh, so it's bad on Greg Sankey that he couldn't yep. do what is best for the fans and what is best for the sport. And it's funny because we just had the conversation about who's more powerful nowadays, Nick Saban or Greg Sankey. I had given that title to Greg Sankey. And I was wrong because ever since Nick came out and started supporting eight games, it continued to gain more and more yep. momentum. And well, look, Papa Nick got his way once again. And uh, in 2024, we'll have eight games instead of nine, eight SEC games. Yeah. What about Nick Saban? The, the, the man who has been the face of college football for, for a decade now, the guy that has created the the greatest dynasty that we've ever seen, maybe we'll ever see at the University of Alabama, the, way, the man who I still think holds the biggest stick in the room. And as soon as the whole, okay, this is who you're going to play when it comes to your constant rivals with a nine-game schedule, Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee, all of a sudden started moving away further and further from wanting to play a nine-game schedule. So at the end of the day, it's about winning football games, not worrying about losing football games. And 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 one of the main reasons I talked about was this whole strength of schedule scenario of, of we want to wait and see what strength of schedule looks like when it comes to determining who's going to be at this 12-team playoff. If you play a great schedule and you're Alabama and you're a 10-2 team because you lost to LSU and say you lost LSU and Tennessee, those are your only two losses in the season – nine out of 10 times, you're going to be in the playoffs. Like, I don't know why he's shying away from competition when he clearly has the better team, more talented team, the nine out of 10 times every single time that these teams match up anyway. So I think shame on him man. big time. He's an old I think man. shame on him. I don't think this is not, this is not, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, T-Bob. This isn't a, he's stuck in his ways. I want to say a games. This is him playing hardball because he doesn't want to face LSU, Tennessee, and Auburn every year. That's it. Yeah. Because before Which, that, you alluded to it, before that he was fine with nine games. Before that he was fine. You asked yeah. him four months ago to vote on this thing. Right now he would have voted nine games. 100%. It's it's and it, well okay, so but yeah he's getting old dude he's losing his stomach for the fight. You know who doesn't care? Brian Kelly. You know who doesn't care? No. Kirby Smart. Um, and, and, and then he got all the quotes about, is this what we want college football to come that we broke down last week? Saban's just losing his touch mm -hmm. a little bit. And you yeah. can say this is bulletin board material and we're going to find out because if they don't come with it this year, then I don't know if they're ever mm. going to get it fully back. Um, I miss, I look, I, I don't support the playoff bullshit. The, 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 the 14 playoff proved how we feel about sec teams. Okay. Yep. You've had, you've had sec teams get in over conference winners 
uh, that that didn't win. Like it's like what are we talking about? It's it's yeah. not going to affect you making the it's playoffs not, or not. It's going to yeah. set you up for success. Um, I'll tell you one thing, one little sub detail that that this is my kind of final piece on all of this. Um, one little sub detail here is that right now the SEC, you know, they're sticking with the eight game schedule. And then they have the rule where you have to schedule a Power 5 out-of-conference team. This is a good rule. Pushes you to nine good games on the schedule. However, it is being reported that if the SEC goes to nine games, then they'll get rid of this Power 5 rule, which once again defeats the fucking purpose of all of this. Nobody wants to play cupcake game, y'all. Nobody wants to play. And plus, the SEC, for all they want to pound their chest, actually, they are the softest of the bunch when it comes to challenging yourselves. Here are the amount of teams playing 10 Power 5 opponents in 2023, okay? The ACC's got 10 of 15 teams, if you count Notre Dame. The Big 12 has an 11 of their 14 teams. Big 10, 13 of their 14 teams. The Pac-12... 10 of their 12 teams will pay 10 Power 5 opponents. Aaron, how many SEC teams do you think play 10 Power 5 opponents in 2023? Zero. Two of 14. Two. Ooh, and it's because two. I think uh, you got South Carolina, maybe Clemson, and then is it like yeah. two of 14 teams? That God. is beyond pathetic and oh. so when greg sankey's out here like well we're already the big dog don't mess with what's broke no you failed greg and you continue to fail until you eliminate cupcake <sighs> games and the more we enter this modern era of college football cupcake games are a farce they used T-Bop. to make sense but nowadays oh. the economic disparity between the schools it's just stupid to keep them going there's no point they're foregone conclusions it, get rid of them 10 Power 5 games, 9 SEC games. They must get this done going into the future. Well, until they're punished, they're not going to change it. Like, if let's just play the 2024 season out real quick. Eight-game schedule. Say SEC gets four teams in, which we think they will. Like, you and I played this whole thing out a week ago, so make sure you go back and watch that show where we kind of broke down if there's X amount of conferences – how many teams are is the SEC going to get in? I, I would say every year at least three. I would say if, if a team's going to get or a conference is going to get a fourth, it's probably going to be the SEC first. So say 2024, playing an eight-game conference schedule, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and Texas all get into the college football playoff. At that point, what is the incentive for you yeah. if you are the yeah. SEC to add a ninth game? Why? No, I think like, I think you're not punishing leadership. us. Yeah, you're not punishing us unless. And then to me, if I'm thinking like if 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 ESPN doesn't want to pony up more money, if we're putting four teams into the playoffs, why change something that is working? At the end of the day, I mean, like, do you think SEC doesn't give a damn that we're bitching and moaning on this show? They don't care that the Big Ten or the Big Twelve or the ACC are calling the SEC soft, like. At the end of the day, what matters wins. 13 of the past 17 national championships, Long. the past four national championships. If you get four teams in and continue to win the natty, what is the incentive for them to change? Until the committee but, 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 punishes the SEC for not playing more big-time football games, why would you change? Uh, look, you are you are not wrong. And the problem is, in the short term, there is no problem. But to me, it is the flawed logic that this starts to bite you in the long term, right? When do people fall? When do empires fall? When do people lose their spot on top of anything where they get complacent? They stop trying to improve because, well, we've always done it this way and look how good we've got. No, you need forward thinking leadership like you had in Mike's life. And don't let Greg Sankey fucking gaslight you here, okay? Because now they're trying to act like, ah, oh, eight games was always cool with us, yada, yada. No, no, no. He's pissing on us, and he's telling us it's raining, okay? He wanted nine games. He couldn't whip the votes. It's a nope. failure on his part. He wanted nine games even without ESPN reopening the pocketbook. And if they don't, then you know what we're all going to be cheated out of? We're going to be cheated out of Texas, Texas A&M every year. Auburn, Georgia, a rivalry that started like two decades before plastic was even South's invented. South's oldest rivalry. 
So, yep. Literally mm. before sliced bread, and yet we can't have it happen because of some bureaucratic bullshit. It's it's yep. it's so again, it's weird because you're not going to suffer short-term consequences, but you will suffer long-term consequences. Yep. When you get lazy, you get complacent, you stop growing, that's when you start to die. And so, no, it takes a more forward-thinking leadership and uh, it should have been a heavier hand of leadership, I think, to pull this off. But we'll we'll, we'll see. Look, it, it it is a bridge for whatever that is worth. It's just, I think it is the idea like Emil was getting at earlier. Like, I don't hate it, you bridge. You probably moved to nine after that and all this is much ado about nothing. But it is kind of pathetic that for two years you talked about this. And again, it's a conversation where there's no debate. One choice is clearly superior, mm -hmm. and yet you failed to land on that superior mm -hmm. choice because of bullshit machinations. Like that's yep. what's so disappointing about all this. And now we're getting cheated out of some good games too. Uh, God, I hope so, we have LSU Alabama in 2024. I just feel like that's going to be left out of the calendar and that's going to suck. Yeah. That, that, that sucks for this conference, that game right there. You know, you'll keep Texas. I'm sure we'll play A&M and, and a lot of, a lot of the great games will survive for the year, but to have one year where you don't get probably the hottest game ticket for the past decade because you couldn't figure out that this like you alluded to was the best choice going forward and you have to do a bridge year hopefully just a bridge year and i think it will be yeah so i, I it's, it's it's ridiculous and to me again it's just a case study and how you can end up making a bad decision simply because you just have to yep. um all right the other thing on things on the docket today one of them is this florida documentary that is coming out, which uh, if if you too, if you're old enough, if you're our age, you probably remember those Urban Meyer Florida teams. Remember, Urban Meyer was incredible Ooh. at, uh, I think, Bowling Green first, then Utah. Then he comes down to Florida and he awakens uh, the giant that had been slumbering since Steve Spurrier. And they go on a tear, man. Two national mm. championships, the Tebow mania phenomenon, Heisman's, Percy Harvey, a, a, a team with Tim Tebow and Aaron Hernandez, right? Like it has to be one of the most fascinating gumbos of humans that we've ever seen in our entire lives. And now it appears that uh, we could be getting an inside look into all of this, Aaron. So I ask you when I throw out, you know, Florida Urban Meyer documentary, uh, what do you immediately get most excited for? I just hope they got Tebow and Urban in it. I think that's that's a big you know, mystery for everyone right now is like what players are coming out. Like I, I, they have to have those two. To me, you you can't do a documentary if you don't have Tebow or Urban. And I would think Netflix would know that and wouldn't push forward without those two guys. So I'm kind of banking yeah, on the fact that you'll sure. get both of them in there. So I'm excited to hear the stories. Obviously, we all want to know you know, what, what did, you know, Tebow's teammates really think of him as a leader, as a person? Did they buy what he was selling both on and off the field? Um, it was an interesting team. I mean, I grew up in Florida. I went to a lot of the games. I went to a lot of practices. I went to a lot of the meetings during spring. You know, I was heavily recruited by Florida. So I got to know, you know, some of the players pretty well and kind of got to see those guys interact um, at, at all those, those, those times. It was incredible football team i mean just when, when you and i were going through the list pre-show of the guys on that team from yeah tim tebow to to rainy to demps to the guys on defense from joe hayden and spikes and ahmad black you're carlos dunlap i'm just like my god were they loaded i mean joe those, hayden those was on years, those teams i did not yeah, remember joe hayden, hayden was hayden on that team too oh my god dude i mean uh percy harvin some of the most talented teams that we've ever ever seen during the, that three years span. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh God! No, I'm just saying, like with, with how talented they were, but how different they were, and how this is also I want to know too. Of we always hear the rumors of Urban wasn't always in control. Who was actually running the show? How much say and power did the players have? Like. To me, I, I never really bought that because getting to know Urban Meyer during the recruiting process, he was stubborn, he was persistent, he yeah. was in your face. And to think that he would kind of sit back and let the players kind of run the show and kind of just say, hey, you know, as long as we're winning football games, I'll let you guys do whatever the hell you want to do. 
I just, it's always been a little bit hard for me to buy that. So I'm interested to see what the player's response is to if that is brought up about how was Urban day to day and kind of controlling some of the characters on that football team. I just want to see, um, yeah, I, I, like I, I, I ideally want a down the middle podcast here, which maybe sounds boring, right? But, but I don't want like an overly, overly saccharine, like, uh, you know, everything was so good and Tim Tebow and they don't even get into some of the grime, but then I also don't want like the full hit job treatment, right? Because there was a lot of good on those Florida teams. Like you don't have the success that they had. You don't win the championships they did unless there's a lot of good going on there. Right. So ideally I just want a true behind the scenes, honest look, I'll, I'll see if we end up getting that because like you, like you kind of allude to Aaron or are you going to be able to get Meyer and Tim Tebow? If you're going to be that honest about the situation, because there's going to be shit in there that they don't like to, to hear right about Meyer's leadership. Or maybe they want to tell their story. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe they want to give their side. side of it, right? They, well, we didn't know this about Aaron Hernandez, so it's 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 going to be fascinating. I think that uh, I think that one thing I will be interested to see, but I feel pretty strongly about it, is this idea of like, well, how did Tim's teammates really feel about him? And yeah. to me, it's like if a guy's that good, um, it's kind of like Drew Brees mm-hmm. a little bit when he was with the Saints. Like, you may think he's a cheese dick. But you're going to be uber loyal to him because he's winning championships. What about Russell right? Wilson? Like, what about Russell Wilson? Uh, right yeah, now? yeah, yeah, yeah. Russell's every, the best it, example. It when he was Russell's good. super cheese dicky, but the guys <laughs> in the team still kind of back him. He's definitely cheese dicky. Yeah, dude. I mean, but do God, they back like him the in Denver? I, I don't think they do because he's no ah, longer balling, dude. His, dude, that D lineman almost fought him for getting on him last year. Russell Wilson's teammates okay, backed him publicly is, because they had to. Who's the bigger cheese dick in in, mm-hmm. in their heyday russell drew Brees, or tim tebow gotta go russell gotta go Russell. i think russell, russell probably takes home the award now i did yes. see a very interesting perspective from ryan leaf on this where ryan leaf worked with the same life coach that russell wilson did and um he's a guy who sadly passed and it actually coincides yep. with russell kind of losing it as well which is all very intense and sad but um, I can't remember his name, but this guy's philosophy was essentially that Mo- Moad, there is Moad. Is that what it was? So, but there yeah, is zero, yep. uh, like like zero negativity allowed in your brain space, right? Like yep. you're just you're not allowed to engage with even a sliver of it. And so, when you start to view Russell through that lens, you see, oh, okay, this is like crafted and practiced at like yeah. like he has really tried to maximize staying as positive as possible and look we love positive people right but overly positive guy can't be a bit much sometimes you gotta you gotta accept the reality of the shit that you're currently in and accept. Yeah, i don't think tebow was like great. overly positive like russell's overly positive tebow i think that what made tebow so unique is is the bringing of religion into the the locker room and yeah, and I wouldn't true. say like he never I don't I wouldn't say like he force fed it to the team, but like he was very open about his his religious and his faith and how he uses his faith to kind of guide his life and guide him on the football field and in the classroom and this that, and the other. And I just think for a lot of guys who just want to get in there and just play football, like I don't want to deal with school, I don't want to deal with anything else. It's like give me a football, let me go be a meathead. And you yeah. got Tim in there preaching the gospel. You know, he was such a great player that I'm sure guys were just, you know, they, they just kind of maybe if you didn't agree with it, just let it roll right through you. But if he wasn't a great player, I don't know if that would have flown in the locker room at all. That's, 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 that's yeah, what I mean, Tebow was a little bit different. I don't think it's like a Tebow was this ultra positive guy that came in there and, and he was, but not like, I don't think he was to the extreme. It's, it's to me, it's the. No, no, I agree. I agree. No, no, he's fun. not. As Thomas Dare points out, if we were to trademark Super Cheese Dicky here on Snaps, um, I would not give that label to to Tim. Maybe a little cheesy, but I don't know if he goes full cheese. Like, like maybe and and even Drew, maybe not as much. But whatever. The point is, he's just kind of you know he's wholesome, and the locker room is not always a a wholesome place. But uh, but but I would follow the guy that's winning two Heisman's, winning a national championship. Uh, I would follow that guy into hell because he's bringing me success. And also, I mean, look, man, I don't care about how you're living your life. A lot of people, um, 
enjoy going to church and Bible study. Yeah. Even All if they want to, you know, have a lot of sex, you know, premarital sex and do other things that you know, more hardline people may consider being sin. So like, I, I, I don't think, um, yeah, I, I don't see this being too much of a locker room issue. Okay. Uh, Emil raised an interesting point saying, it'll never not make me laugh that Dan Blazarian, Ryan Lochte, Tim Tebow, Percy Harvey, and Joakim Noah were all at the Florida campus at the same time in the mid to late 2000s. Dan Blazarian was there? I guess so, dude. I don't know. That's you strike me as a big Dan Blazarian fan. Do you? Do you just God, love no. me some Danny V, uh, Aaron? Um, no, no, no. I will say this: so like my mom is the biggest Tim yeah. Tebow fan. Like if we're ever <laughs> oh, at an event and Tim is there, my mom is like, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Can I go to a picture with Tim? Can I go to a picture with Tim? I'm like, okay, mom, sure. Like she loves Tim Tebow. I think she's secretly, deep down inside, very sad that her son was not as wholesome um <laughs> yeah, just extra horny back in college <laughs> mtbo is every parent's dream also um with how you set that mm. comment up uh I, I thought you were about to say she's a big dan blazarian fan and think oh, about God, it no. is there is there a bigger difference in who your mom <laughs> would be and two human beings to be a fan of if you're like my mom's a big dan blazarian fan or my mom's a big tim tebow fan those are like like the gulf between those two things are massive oh, God. <laughs> yeah thomas thought the same thing there um uh okay let's think here so that that should be really good made by netflix Oh, I mean, look, Drive to Survive, that's, that's very good. Uh, what's your golf show, Aaron, that you enjoyed so much? Uh, what is my – no, I love Drive to Survive. I actually finally, after like three months of like like persistently telling my dad to watch Drive to Survive, he was finally in my house Friday night. I said, you're sitting your ass down and we're watching this show. And um, we, we, he loves it. I mean, that, that, net, that's the first one Netflix really knocked out of the park. The golf one was good. Um, I wouldn't say as good as Drive to Survive, but it was a good one. I forgot what the name of it's called, but not too shabby. I, Netflix doesn't mess around with these documentaries. I think if you get the right players, and if you just get Tebow and Mullen, uh, uh, shoot, I yeah. hope they get Mullen too. Mullen. Tebow and Urban uh, and, and Dan Mullen because he was there too, I think you could knock it out of the park. Because if those guys do it, the rest of the guys would follow if you get the big three. Yeah. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates, to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals. JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older, and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, 
consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hello there, fellow homeowner. I've got some very exciting news for you, okay? Angie's List is now just Angie, but it's still your home for everything home. Look, I've been in my house for about five years now and i absolutely love it i don't want to go anywhere but you know it's, it's an older house stuff so, so, so i had to get like the siding redone i had to get the stucco redone and although i may look like the epitome of a handy man it may shock you dear viewer but i am indeed not handy in fact i don't know what the heck's going on with any of this stuff so you know what i do i get out my angie app and in just a few simple tippity taps i have access to over 220 thousand professionals from which to choose what i love is look i love baton rouge right and so it's all locally based and i can actually look at the reviews of what other people in my area who they've used and so what i do i got on my ng app i got my jobs lined up i don't lift a finger and the siding looks incredible y'all i basically live in my backyard now and that's thanks to angie so what are you waiting for? Download the Angie app today, A-N-G-I, or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie, your home for everything home. Well, and that's always, so that's the weirdest part about this. And th this would be something that I would maybe say, you know, caution, let's see what we actually get, is that there is the honor amongst thieves thing, right? Where, yeah. uh, or excuse me, maybe, maybe more like a pirate's code or like a, like 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 a mafia code where you you're just not supposed to talk about stuff that happened right like there's drama on every team and you're just supposed to get up there in front of cameras and be like you know it's a team game we should execute blah, blah blah like you're never supposed oh yeah i love this coach he's great blah, blah even if you actually hate him like yeah. and then you're never really supposed to reveal that behind the scenes especially not on your teammates right now coaches with time i think people enjoy talking shit about but I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see how much these players really take us behind the veil because they are breaking some sort of unspoken code in there. Yep. I'll say this. Those are the best, some of the best teams I ever went against. Uh, I had my worst yep. game ever in Tiger Stadium when we lost to a very good Florida team, like 14 to three. We couldn't do shit on offense. Brandon Spikes whooped my ass all night long. Mm. Um, I got knocked the fuck out in the swamp one year and kick return by Jeff Dimps. Jeff Dimps. Half my size. But no, dude, no, no, no. Look, they did What's a sky kick. On? They did a sky kick, right? So I'm on the she wedge, right? Tried to turn around immediately. He got pushed in the back. So you had full speed Jeff Demp's head down, and it caught me right under the chin, dude. I'm talking like a punch. Mm -hmm. And so I was so much bigger than him. He bounces off me to the ground, and I go, I'm out cold immediately. And I, I fell on top of him. And the replay was so funny because you can see it's like a cartoon. His little arms and legs are poking out underneath my fat body, like because he can't he can't move. So I was knocked out on top of him. And then uh, that was in the middle of the fourth quarter. The next thing I remember is being at, on a knee at the fifty yard line with the Florida football team, and they had just beaten us like fifty five to twenty something. And I was sitting there on a knee with them. Uh, no idea. Where is that? But uh, you best believe we got revenge two years later. We beat that ass mm -hmm. in the swamp. And the first thing I did was run out to that F and just start stomping on it as hard as I could. That a boy. That a boy. Yeah. You tell that F. You tell it. Fuck that F, dude. Fucking T-Bob, uh, well, Baker it's, Mayfield, look, the original Baker Mayfield over here. Well, no, because that game we lost 14-3 to before the game. That was, you know, prime cocky spikes Florida. They were fucking with the tiger eye before the game. That's mm. that's how that's how bad these dudes were. Like, uh, you don't normally do that stuff. Dude, Brandon Step Spikes is one of the scariest guy. human beings. Like, I remember as a junior in high school going to Florida practice, 
and seeing Brandon Spikes being like, my God, I, there's no fucking way I can play college football if dudes look like that. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's always Oof. those guys that you see when you first Oof. show up. You're like, oh my, what am I doing? The, the guy here? that you want walking, we talk about guys that you want first out of the bus. Like, you want Brandon Spikes walking on that bus first. Um, other, uh, did it, oh, wait, what did, what did your dad tell you? We talked about an amp. What did your dad oh, tell you when you saw Aaron Hernandez in real life? Yeah. So we, we, this is one of the first practices we went to. Same thing. It was probably the same, same practice. This was, junior year of high school and we took a trip to, to to Gainesville. I mean, it's an hour and a half north of Tampa. And I remember obviously Spikes walks out. You're like, my God, there's Tebow walking out, you know, and then Aaron Hernandez walks out. And I remember my dad looking at me and he still reminds me to this day of this saying, I don't know who that kid really is, but if you commit to Florida, I don't think you should hang out with him. And it was just the way that he was interacting with coaches and players and just that kind of look in his eyes. I remember my dad literally looking at me. I was like, no, I'm being dead ass serious here, Aaron. If you commit to Florida, I don't think you should get it anywhere near that kid. Stay close to Tim. Stay far from Aaron. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Dude, let's go. Papa Murray. Uh, again, I'm going to make a, a little bit of an un-PC joke here, but you know how a lot of people think they have like Gadar, right? Where they can kind of sense if somebody may be a bit gay. Well, looks like your dad had some Murdar. So uh, nice job, Papa Murray, helping to steer his Appreciate son the it, right way. Although, wait, why did you come to LSU, dude? You know why I didn't go to LSU. I've told you this before. Uh, I forgot. Tell me again. My mom found an article that that the headline was, LSU academics so bad they should be banned from the NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom's like, you're oh, not taking a trip to LSU. <laughs> you know what's fucking sad is that it's still kind of true. If you go back a few weeks, you know, remember we just did that like team academic rating and LSU's literally like COVID is the only reason why they're not losing scholarships. I do think, I do think uh -huh. that Brian Kelly is going to fix this. Okay. Uh -huh. I mean, his entire thing is graduate champions with the emphasis on the graduates. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Hey, Aaron, uh, there's a new college football hall of fame ballot out. Were you ever first team hey. all American? Uh, I think freshman All-American. Damn. I think you have to be first team All-American to technically even be eligible to be on the ballot. But uh, I know I, I, I wrote into the committee, you know, reminding them that I was an SEC coaches honorable mention player, but I don't know, dude. They just didn't fucking, yeah, they, they weren't the hearing it. Um, some big names from this year's ballot. Randy Moss. Hmm? Marshall's finest. Do you ever remember watching Randy at Marshall? I have one like such distinct memory. I'm in my basement. I don't even know why I was watching it, God, but I so just good. remember him high stepping into the end zone. And I think he actually ended up not scoring on replay or something, but, but I just remember him high stepping and like, you would have thought that he had killed somebody that he was Aaron Hernandez. Like, like I just remember the announcers being a bit apoplectic. Like how dare he celebrate before he enters? And it's like, wow, well, how, how much we've grown. Simpson. I didn't realize what this. A, what a list. I mean, go through the court. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Well, no, I was going to say he scored 54 touchdowns in two years. <laughs> Marshall. <sighs> Marshall legend. Dude, the quarterbacks in this class are stacked. Your boy, Kellen Moore is in there. Your top 10 quarterback in the past 20 years, uh, Kellen Moore. Uh, imagine Josh that, bro. Hull. Imagine that. And Dorsey. Imagine and Dorsey was my guy back in the day. Ken uh, Dorsey, Smith, Michael Vick. I love Ken Dorsey because, well, hmm, it's it's. I don't want to sell him short, right? Because you have to be really good to do to just to win that job at that time at that school. But he basically was uh, the exact right man for the job. Not overwhelmingly good, but good enough to get Miami where they needed to go. Something special about that. God, I always forget Richard Seymour went to Georgia. I didn't know that either. Um, yeah. Other other guys that are jumping out here, Michael Vick on this list. Yep. Shout out Michael Vick. Who could forget him bringing Julius Virginia Tech to the Carolina. Championship. Oh, hell yeah, dude. 
Oh, yeah, oh, but oh, I'm pretty oh, sure is Julius Peppers still oh, in the NFL. I feel like Julius Peppers is still in the NFL. You want to talk about one of the scariest dudes you've ever seen in my life? Julius Peppers was that guy. Like, what a fucking savage that kid is. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is on this list. I forgot this that in 2003 he had 1,600 yards and 22 touchdowns and finished second in Heisman voting. He actually still has the NCAA record for 18 consecutive games of the TUD. Uh, wait, okay, again, though, to go back to our quarterback list, Aaron, how do you defend yourself when you don't put Kellen Moore top 10 and he left college as the sport's highest winning percentage of a quarterback of all time, 50 and 3? He only played five power five games. games. Only five power five games. Only five. Yeah, yeah. And he won every one. All right. I know you won every one of them. I would have loved to see. You, you <laughs> what are you supposed to do, dude? If, I, if you told me in four years I had to get up for five big games, you know that's that's you know, ooh, that's hard. Greg Hendricks raised an interesting question: Will Stetson Bennett ever be in the College Football Hall? Oh no, because he no, didn't get he first was team never all American. No. Oh, and I wow. did get the. I did get the. I did get the. Uh, a hundred percent, you know, news of Stetson Bennett graduating. He really didn't graduate from Georgia. I was uh, with a couple players this weekend. <laughs> like, no, he did it. My man went six, six years, seven years in college without yeah. graduating. Crazy, bro. We talk about Cardell Jones. Stetson Bennett is the real. I didn't come to play school legend. Like he truly, everywhere he went, every decision he made had zero percent to do with school. Whether it's like mm. going to community college, walking on, all that motherfucker wanted to do was play football. He didn't come here to play school, and he didn't care. He wasn't like your mom. He would have gone to LSU maybe if he didn't grow up. He wouldn't have cared about the academics there. No, he wasn't like your mom. Does all he care. wanted to do was. Well, it's funny pics. because I, every time I've talked to Setsum, I'm like, "Man, what do you want to do after school?" He's like, "Man, I'm, you know, I want to go get my law degree. I want to go to law school, get my law degree." And now knowing that you can't even graduate college in seven years, like I don't know what. Pie in the sky thought of you know you thinking you can get through law school if you can't even get through four years of undergrad. Well, the, like, the, the the other part of this is that that's also like the most juvenile answer ever, right? Like like you're trained from when you're a little kid. What do you want to do? I want to be a lawyer or a doctor, right? Like that's what every I feel like. No, no, he's like he's like adamant. Like I mean, we had some conversations about this. Like no, no, I really, you know, if I don't get into the NFL, if things don't work out, this was before last season. You know, I want to. I want to. You know, I want to go to law school. This is kind of what I want to do. I've already talked to people about it, and, and I, this is no idea that he still had not graduated from college and would not graduate. Again, as Chad semester. points out, the real incredible part is that the NCAA has very exact requirements of X percentage of your degree that you have to have done by that year, right? And it goes up every yeah. year. So if you're a third, maybe it's like seventy five percent. So like. He really thread the, threaded the needle. Like the same way he was finding those gaps over the linebackers, mm -hmm. but underneath the safeties, he was doing that academically, just threading the academic needle. Um, last name I'll mention here, because his resume I didn't really remember is this ridiculous. Another guy we ran into back in the day in college, which you hate to see the former guys you played about in our Hall of Fame conversations. This shows you how old. You're getting, but James Laronitis, Ohio State's old linebacker, oh. how's this resume? Three-time All-American, twice consensus, once unanimous, and he won a Nagurski and a Butt Kiss Award. Okay, God. that is a trophy room for Laronitis there. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, another big news before we close it out today: uh, we are now over a hundred subs in day one on the yes. new channel. Let's go! Love Let's to see go. it. And look. We got so look in my in my mind as we start to learn what all we can and can't do on this channel. Um, we definitely want to do some sort of sub giveaways. I would like to yep. do some sort of special live streams, which aren't just us doing the show. Maybe don't even get put up as podcasts where we're just hanging out, maybe watching something live. Um, I, I definitely want to stream NCAA the video game when it comes out on here oh, yeah. next summer. Uh, there's a lot that I'm, 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 I'm hoping to kind of get to like maybe even Saturday, like one of us or me or you, like whoever, if you're not doing like, Hey, come hang out for a game. We'll, 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 we'll figure it we'll figure all it out. out. I'm just so excited that we have this like area now to kind of do whatever, um, whatever we want to do. Uh, yeah, there you go. Like Blake, play a subscriber in NCAA football, all that kind of stuff, all that kind of stuff. 
yeah, I got to go, though, because I got to watch a little LSU baseball. I just realized I had my start times messed up, and I thought it was too central. There's already a game going down, Aaron. Bottom of the third right now, bro. Get it together. Get it together. You wouldn't know about it because Georgia's nowhere to be found. They're chilling. Mm. Sorry. Uh, we, we put more resources than winning football championships. We really oh, care about baseball. I forgot my Cornhub Colonel of the day. Uh-oh. Frank Solich, Nebraska great, also yep. in the 2024 Hall of Fame ballot. Um, you're talking about somebody who played for a championship as a head coach, had great success for about 20-something years as an assistant, winning his coaching Mac history at Hawaii, at Ohio. And remember, he healed his wounds with Nebraska earlier this offseason. So shout-out Frank Solich and shout-out to the Huskers. It's our year. Matt Rule rules. Let's go, Cornhub. Uh-huh. Waiting on you. Waiting on you, Aaron. Nope. Um, all right. That'll be it for today's show. Again, y'all, sub to Snaps, this channel. Like it. Please text it to your friends in the friend group, okay? If you've got college football friends, text it to them. Tell them to check the show out. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back. Look, it's Monday through Thursday. We're going to be live here every single day now. Blake Walsh said they trusted Matt Rule of the Panthers. It did not work. Well, this ain't the NFL. Okay, this is college. This is college. Matt Rule's very good at college. Uh, Aaron, anything to say on the way out? No, we will see you guys tomorrow. Keep telling, keep spreading the good word of snaps. All right, huge thank you to Ryan Brumley, Paul Farrington, Pat Gunner, Adam Gracia, Danny Cardenas, everybody who helped make this happen. Already got a ton of content up on YouTube. We love you, and we will see you tomorrow. Go Tigers. Beat the Beavers. See you tomorrow for Saturday. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.